Welcome to the Mum Style Business Podcast. I'm your host, Annalise Warren, a marketing agency founder and CEO, business strategist, digital marketing mentor, wife, and mama of three little ones. I'll help you combine ambition and motherhood and build your business to get the profit and freedom you started it to achieve. Stay tuned for conversations with successful women in business, as well as practical marketing strategies and tips that you can action right away. So let's get into it. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Mum Style Business Podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Leanne Shelton. She is a content strategist and a copywriter. She works mainly in the health and wellness industry, and I'm really, really excited to dig in to speaking with Leanne today. Hi, Leanne, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me, Annalise. Appreciate it. Yeah, you are so welcome. Uh, this has been a, a little while in the making, so I am I'm pumped to dig in. Could you please, to get started, introduce yourself to our listeners and let them know exactly what it is that that means, being a content strategist and copywriter, what it is that you actually do for people, how you can help people, um, and how you got there. Yeah, no worries. So ultimately, I and so I've niched in health and wellness space, and so I help those in that industry, you know, to get over their lack of confidence, find that courage within to show up more effectively online and make an impact. So I'm all about, you know, expanding your brand across your socials, email marketing, and all those extra tools like webinars and podcasts and all the fun content strategy stuff. Um, You know, expand your brand, step up and become more visible to build relationships, those connections that eventually lead to clients. So I know a lot of the people I work with, they they know what they want to do, but this just getting there, like getting the people in the door they struggle with. And I, I love good strategy. I love sinking my teeth into it. So I do, you know, I, I train through webinars and masterclasses and my membership group, et cetera, of how people can do that. And I also do like strategy one-on-one sessions as well, where people can, you know, deep dive. I give them an, a plan to work on for the next, you know, three months, or they can obviously outsource it to me as well. Um, because yes, from the copywriting side, writing has always been my strong suit. Uh, in fact, I started my business as a copywriter and just in this last year, I moved more into the strategy and training side. But I absolutely love it. I love the aha moments, the satisfaction I get from knowing I've helped people gain clarity of the steps they can take to be more visible, to get noticed, make those connections. So I can obviously help them with the writing in terms like website copy, like getting that message across effectively, Um, blogs as well for SEO, search engine optimization purposes, and also for branding because it all helps there. And I've also, you know, dabbled with sales emails and landing pages and things like that as well. So I love doing all of it in different um, capacities, just depending on what everyone needs. So whether it's just me going strategy and then hand it over or I help them with everything. Awesome. Thanks for digging into that for us. So how long have you been running your business for? Yeah, so I started up September 2014, so going years. Uh, It was a little bit of a side business. Basically, I was on maternity leave with my eldest, who's now seven, 
and I picked up a couple of jobs doing newsletters, e-newsletters for a sports organization and a soccer club. And I loved it. I thought, oh, this is great. I get to be an editor. I'm doing writing. And and I actually started my business with the intention of doing e-newsletters for business owners. And then I started talking, went to networking events, started talking to people. And a website designer friend said, hey, would you better write website copy? I'm like, yeah, actually I could. And that's kind of opened up my mind to all the other avenues that I could do writing for. Um, so websites and I do have a freelance journalism background. So I'm like, oh, well, blogs, that's basically articles. I can do that. And it just kind of grew from there. And I, so I wanted that flexibility around my family. And so that's where eventually I found a, like a contract kind of role three days a week so I could grow my business. And that was, I mean, that contract role was relevant to what I was doing anyways, all marketing communications. So technically they were, yeah, a client of mine. And yeah, and then just in the last couple of years, I've gone into this more full time without that security blanket of consistent work. Uh, I've had retainers and things, but nothing like that. So I've been a lot more experimental. We're doing more training and strategy, which has been most of this like 2020, a lot more training and yeah. That brings me to today and looking forward to doing even more of it next year. So you said that you started your business on maternity leave. How old are your children? Yeah, so seven and four. So two girls. And I always, I knew I always want to have flexibility around my kids to get involved with school stuff. Like my mum was a stay-at-home mum for 10 years. And I know based on lockdown periods, I could never be a stay-at-home mum. Um, but I, I still want to have that flexibility to get involved in their lives. So I joined the PNC. I'm, you know, the secretary. I pretty much joined, <laughs> was on the exec as a kindy mum, first time kindy mum. So I'm like, this is one of the reasons why I have my business. So I got involved with that. And I, you know, I know I can finish earlier on a Monday to pick up my daughter from elders from school and take her to swimming lessons and be present for her and that. But I do have childcare five days a week for my four-year-old. So I know I just can't be my best self if I'm constantly wearing multiple hats at the same time. I need to have one hat on, take that off, then, you know, work hat off, mum hat goes on. I can't do both at the same time. I just end up being a real unpleasant person (laughs) to deal with, to put it nicely. Fair enough. I love how we all have our own ways of of managing and coping and juggling and, you know, fitting everything that we want to do in. So thanks so much for um, explaining that for us. So let's dig in more to content strategy. Why is content strategy important? Yeah, so as I kind of mentioned earlier, it's all about building those initial connections with people. So the content strategy is all about at the beginning of that, journey with your clients so it is getting them in the door based on them getting to know you you know that no like trust factor and it's just so being visible and this is all organic by the way it's no I'm not talking about paying for ads this is just showing up so it's about you know building lists of you know potential customers and customers and then regularly connecting with them via email It's also about connecting with them like on LinkedIn and on other social media platforms, if you're more B2C. 
and then keep showing up with great valuable advice because then it's all about presenting yourself as the expert or, or someone who can really help them deal with their pain points. And the more consistent you are, the more you show up, the more they connect with you, they're more likely to want to do business with you. And in the marketing world, basically as a rough guideline, people need to have seven touch points. So, you know, get involved with you in seven different times before they feel comfortable to, to buy from you. So if you're, you know, showing up in their inbox in a, in a monthly e-newsletter, as well as a promotion type thing every now and again, they're also following you on social media. You're also maybe doing webinars and they're joining those. You're also doing a podcast. You're also, you know, all these different things. Every time they see you and they get to know you a little bit better, they're more likely to either buy from you themselves. And this could be six months down the track. It could be years down the track or more likely to refer you to other people when they're talking about their issues and they're like, oh, well, I know someone who can help you out. And so it's all about building that initial trust and connection. Okay, great. And and then how do you how do you work with someone to decide what their content strategy is going to be? What does that process sort of look like for you? Yeah. So the first thing you need to know is who is your audience? Um, you know, really get a good avatar in your head. And I know a lot of people freak out about niching down and they say, oh, I just, I help everyone with a pulse. Um, but it really, it makes an impact on your messaging because if you're being very vague in your message, then it won't land on the right ears, you know, at the right time. If you know, for example, I'm like, all right, health and wellness business owners who want to grow their business. So I can talk about things like mindset, which they would, you know, relate to, and also talk about growing their business and refer to things specific to that industry in my language. So it really connects with them. So you need to know who, and look, you can play around with a couple of different avatars and have little campaigns and say, all right, in this month, I'm just going to focus on the mums who are struggling with, you know, X, Y, Z with their kids. And then all your messaging is just related to that. And then you draw that, you know, draw them in. And then maybe the next month or even, you know, three months at a time, focus on a particular niche. And then you can, you know, get a feel of what you feel most comfortable working with, who you, and think about this way, who is your perfect client? You may have already had them or you can visualize them. That's who you should probably start with and, and go from there. So once you know who they are, think about where they're hanging out. Are they on Instagram? Are they on TikTok? Are they on LinkedIn? And then that's where you should be hanging out, even if those aren't the places you would normally hang out. So if you, you're scared of LinkedIn, but you know they're going to be hanging on LinkedIn, I'm sorry to say you've got to get on there because that's where they'll find you and they'll watch you um, in a non-stalkerish way. Um, it's called following, not stalking. You know, these days we can change that. Um, so it's, yeah, so, re- and then, once you know who they are, where they're hanging out, you also know their pain points as well. And then the solutions that you have for those pain points, because then if you're addressing it with hypothetical questions, like, have you felt this or struggling with that? And then nodding their head, they're more likely to read on and see what you have to say and how you can help them. So it sounds, you know, I'm not a negative person, but you do need to get them to acknowledge that something's not right because they're not going to listen to you and, and get you to try and fix something that's not there or they don't think that's there. 
Um, so that is my little key tips initially with getting the message right. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, thanks for explaining that. It's funny, isn't it? Digging into the problems because it feels, it can feel a bit icky. And it, the first time I heard it, it was explained that someone said like, you know, like really dig the knife in. And I was like, oh, that's not like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's the PAS, the, the uh, you know, pain, agitate, solve thing. So kind of make, it, look, you don't, really make it graphic and say yeah you're just scared of not having enough money to feed your kids and you can think of them you know starving crying mommy like don't freak them out completely but just you know just kind of address it going you 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 do need to make them present you do need to you do need to keep to get their eyes focused on the pain so that they can feel you know how they how it is that they feel about that problem already in the moments you want them to feel to to recognize that so that you can shine the light on the solution so it we do have to do it but it just it can (laughs) I think a lot of people struggle with this because they don't want to feel like the icky salesperson and there is that middle ground where you can say you know I, I know this is how you're feeling this is you know yeah if you add that like I feel you I've been there and then you connect your story then it's like you're saying I know exactly what you're feeling here's my story. I've been there. I want to help you. And then it comes through as a more genuine thing rather than the salesy thing. So go, hey, you know, like use car salesman, you know, have you ever done this? Oh, well, I've got the solution for you for only $9.99. It's, it's not like that. It is, you address it, then you kind of tell, take them on a little path, a little journey of, you, you know, I get it. I've been like, as soon as you can say I've been there and most of the, the, the case what you're doing right now in your business is because you physically have experienced this issue and you found a gap and then you're dealing with it. Um, so by saying that you hear them, you relate to it, or or even talking about other clients who have the exact same problem and, you know, just putting them, you know, you can say, I've helped that person and now they're thriving. This is all really powerful. So mm-hmm. you don't need to be salesy with it. Yeah. Or you you yeah you don't need to feel icky (laughs) doing it it can be done in a nice authentic way of coming from service and we should really know what the problem is because if we have a business that doesn't solve a problem then it's not going to be a very good business (laughs) it's about them right and and so this with the website copy for example a lot of people get caught, caught up in what they offer we do this we do that we do that it's you need to have less of the we and I do this and more about the you and say you feel this and you will be supported and to kind of just switch it a little bit. Yeah. So just if you get into the mindset of the other person and then just like talk to them, mm. it will come through a lot, you know, a lot more authentically. Yeah. And if I think the general rule in marketing is if we're talking about ourselves, as in I'm talking about me or you're talking about you, then people we're so ego you know centered and and so just we we want to read about ourselves we don't don't care we don't care about people yeah exactly what's in it for me that's just how we think and like for better or worse that's just human nature so even things like your linkedin profile have to be people read it and they need to see themselves in there it's not actually about you at all even though it's your linkedin profile so um yeah i'm glad you mentioned that 
All right. So we've dug into kind of why strategy is important and what that process sort of looks like in coming up with a strategy. So then how, how often do you recommend to your clients or what do you see in terms of um, getting content out there that's a good frequency? Because I get this question all the time. How, how much do I need to post on social media? How much do I need to blog? How much, you know, do I have to do a, a podcast every week or whatever it is? So what's your answer to those questions? I think you choose what works for you, but just be consistent with it. Um, so if you commit to doing a monthly blog, brilliant, stick to that. But don't say, oh, I'm going to do a blog a week and you do it for two months and then you just stop. And then six months later, I haven't done another blog. Um, that's not serving you. It's You're better off going, all right, I can commit to once a month, whether you're doing it yourself or outsourcing um, and just get that happening. And then what you need to do for that is obviously then repurpose it, use, you know, create social media posts from it, put in your email and there's content for an email. Um, so that's really key. So one piece of content once a month, like a blog, you can then do so much with it. Um, in terms of social media, look, for example, with LinkedIn, I've heard experts say to post four times a day. And, you know, a friend of mine, like we both did a yeah LinkedIn training thing, like a 10 day challenge or whatever it was. And we were told that and we we're both like private messaging each other going, no, that's way too many, four times. That's ridiculous. But you know what? It's all based on the algorithm. No one's going to see your four posts come up in a row. It will all like be filtered with all the other people posting but what it does and so my friend has since in the last six weeks or so been trialing this idea with the help of a, a VA but she's actually getting a lot more leads and converting them because she's coming up at the top of people's newsfeed every time and for me viewing it sometimes I see a post of hers for the first time from three days ago or from a week ago so I don't know how it's going to come up but it just shows if she was only posting once a week, you wouldn't have that momentum, right? So, but don't obviously overcommit to four times and then get burnt out or freak out. If you can just do once a day, brilliant, you know, and then share the same post across all the different socials. That's all I do. I don't reinvent the wheel because you have different audiences. And if you happen to have someone who sees you on Facebook as well as Instagram, awesome. They've seen your message twice. It's more likely to into their brain or they might have just skimmed over it the first time and the second time they read it properly um so just yeah i think just pick your channels pick how regular and then just stick to your schedule four times a day is a really big commitment yeah so that's what i'm, I'm attempting it because i've just started with a part-time va and i'm gonna try and build up to it with her help but yeah it's it's pretty that's, that's, it's a lot <laughs> And so with that as well, like you're doing a, a variety of different posts. So you're doing only one out of those four would be a promo post, for example. The rest could be like a tip, a video, or just text, you know, tip. Videos are brilliant though. So if you can do them, great for, apart from the algorithm, you're connecting with people. They get to see your face, your voice, your mannerisms. It's all about doing that relationship. They feel like they actually know you. Um, but, you know, then there's also storytelling ones of, yeah, uh, I met, met Jill and she was having this issue and then now today she's thriving, blah, blah. And, 
yeah, and you just kind of mix up or you ask for, you know, advice from people or you, yeah, you're sharing your, your blog content stuff. Just mix it all up so that people see different aspects of you, but obviously all relevant to what you offer. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I definitely do that across the channels that I'm on. And I'm probably on LinkedIn maybe three or four times a week, <laughs> but not three or four times a day. That's that's a little bit too much, I think, even for me <laughs> with a full-time assistant. That's me. And I, I've heard as well, you know, that those scheduling tools, although they're handy, I've heard they don't like go as well as when you manually upload it. You still have to come up with the content. So I already, for my week's worth of content, I'll spend Saturday morning creating that, um, which is fine, which is great, but that's not four times a day. Like I would have to do, I would have to spend all of Saturday. Anyway, different conversation. Yeah, oh yeah it's, you know, but you think about all the stuff you've already got. Like if you do have, you know, webinars, presentations, in those speech type things, you can easily extract like a few lines standalone, create a little Canva graphic. I love my Canva. Yeah. And love there's, Canva. you know, a standalone post. So you don't mm. have to go create anything from scratch. You probably have a whole bunch of stuff. Um, or if you have a program or a course, you know, all this stuff, especially actually if you have a program or course, because you get people interested with your little extracts. And then you have a little call to action saying, this is part of my upcoming program, sign up here. Mm. And so it's, but yeah, look, I haven't personally had the time to do all that either. Like it's, that's why I'm like, I need the help from this VA to get this all happening. Like she's yeah. currently working through my podcast episodes and creating all these posts from it. And then I'll get her to move on to my presentations and do the same. Oh, that's really smart. Yeah. Okay. From podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so how I normally work it is we'll re put, release a podcast every Monday and then that week's content is all repurposed from that podcast. Yep. But, yeah, not, you know, what's four times, four times five, 20, right. <laughs> four times seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's okay. Let me know how you go. I'm really excited to, like, to yeah. see how you. <laughs> like, you know, but, like, you don't have to just go, all right, this episode went out on Monday. Um, here's my post of the week. That's it. You can then reuse those posts in six months' time True. Uh, to re-talk about it, you know, because you'll have new followers. Some people may have missed it the first time around. Bring people um, back to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No issues repeating content. Just Yeah. Especially with the reach at the moment being like 10% of people actually see what you're posting. I know, right? And that is the other thing when you're posting across all platforms is if someone's seeing you across all platforms, it's because they want to. The algorithm's only going to show them things they want to see. And so they're not going to be mad at you for posting your blog post or your quote on LinkedIn and on Instagram because they want to see it. And so they would be thinking, of course, you're going to post it on both of your platforms because you're on both of the platforms and you have valuable content. Anyway, cool. Thank you for answering that question. And it gives us, it gives broad scope. And I, I love that you linking it back to consistency because you're right. It is all about that and people being able to trust you and be reliable with that. And of course, the more times that you are out there, the more lines in the water, the more chances people have to discover you. But 
if you're doing it in fits and spurts, then the algorithm's not going to know what the flip's going on and <laughs> people aren't going to, they're not going to see it and they're not, people are not going to build that relationship with you if they don't see you, um, you know, on this reliable kind of cadence of, of things. So, yes, I, I totally agree. Do as much as you can because... <laughs> maybe not four times a day it's probably not for me no, do what um, you can do like I yeah. at the moment I do maybe one post a day or sometimes it's like nothing for a day and then I might I'm doing two the next day um it all evens out I'm still getting people commenting on something I so today is Thursday I posted something on Sunday and still like today I've had people commenting and liking on it from that long ago mm-hmm. so like LinkedIn just as an example it's a longer what do you call it survival time or whatever of a post so sometimes mate two weeks later may go by and then someone sees it too but yeah you need them i love linkedin i love i I love linkedin because you get that second audience what's the secondary network what's the word i'm like it's escaping me the secondary network reach yes yeah so you can see yeah it's 100 percent. always look for new connections so see who's people are commenting on your stuff and they're a second connection, then, you know, look at their profile and see if they're a good fit for you and then connect with them. And then I like to do send them a voice message um, just which you do on your phone from LinkedIn. Not everyone knows that. That's part of that building that connection. You have to have the voice, your personality. Um, they can start getting to know you rather than just, so for all I know, you're just a bot writing messages back to them, you know. So that's a little personal personal touch yeah yeah so true um yeah I love it I love that you can get people looking at your things that are second connections because you don't get that on any other platform no so for for example for people listening if Leanne and I are connected and Leanne likes something that I have posted Leanne's network will see that Leanne has liked that thing and they will all of a sudden see my podcast episode or whatever it is that doesn't happen on Facebook you don't get notified when your friend likes random things which I guess is a good thing on Facebook sometimes potentially (laughs) but but on LinkedIn it's great because it gives you broader reach and so if you connect with people that have massive networks then your thing is going to be seen by potentially a whole lot more people so if your audience is possibly on LinkedIn, it's a really good platform to get that extra leverage from. Um, so it's definitely a good one to be on if you can see an angle to reach your audience in that professional route. All right. So should people be doing their own content or should they be outsourcing? That just comes down to their time and how confident they are with their writing and creating the content. Uh, so people, look, that's why I do my strategy. I can give them the ideas because sometimes it's just a matter of coming up with what to say in their blogs or, you know, all the posts. So I have had, you know, blogging brainstorming sessions going, all right, here you go. Together we've come up with 12 months worth of topics and then they know they're comfortable to roll with that. Um, and other people go, yeah, I want to write the blogs, but I just don't know how to do it. Uh, I might train them up, but then they might just go, yeah, you know what? I just spend 10 hours to do this, <laughs> whereas I could just go, all right, look at my the, how much an hour is worth for me. 
um, is it worth just outsourcing that to Leanne? I know it's done a lot quicker, uh, good quality, don't overthink it. Because <laughs> if you're not a confident writer, you're probably reading it and then procrastinating and not putting it out there. Mm-hmm. So it really just comes down to yeah, mainly your time and, and your skill level with, with it all. Um, yeah, I, I do training on blogging if, you know, if people want to learn how. But, yeah, it really just comes down to, and you know, social media posts as well. Like if you feel you're confident and competent to do it and can block out a chunk of time every week to work on it, like, you know, you said on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, it's great, do it. But if you're like me and I'm, I'm just usually doing ad hoc things and do want to get more consistency, then you go to a, a VA and get them to support you. Yeah, and I think... A good, a good decision, if you want to do it yourself, then you need to choose the thing that you are really good at or that you enjoy doing or that you want to be good at. So for me, for example, I used to write blogs and it was it was hard to find the time to do blogs. I love writing, but I get really into it and I can do it quickly, but it was still, I don't know, I wasn't dedicating the time to it and it, was, it wasn't it was as consistent. And I think now actually I figured out what it is. So now I do podcasts <laughs> and then, <clears throat> and then my, my assistant will convert that into a blog and convert that into, you know, an email and, and all of the bits and pieces. And so, but I, <laughs> but I do the podcast because we have it in, we have it scheduled. It's in my calendar. I think that's maybe what it is. <laughs> probably and, me too, because my my blogs are pretty much my podcast now. Because I figure, well, yeah, they I'm are creating yeah. show notes from each thing, and it's yeah, my episodes are going live every week. So every week, there's like a new blog in my show note, you know, yeah, show notes in the blogs and all that. So I yeah, I haven't been writing my own blogs, but I've been putting out the podcast content. Yeah. So is as long as you're doing something, right? Some, some so, form of content. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then and, and think about do you, do you get your people to think about what they want to create or do you get your clients to think about what their audience want to consume? Uh, well, it needs to be a bit of both because uh, they need to think about, like I was saying before, the platforms that their audience are hanging out in need to know that. If they are busy mums, unlikely to read a blog, but are often commuting from extracurricular things and that's where like a podcast would probably be more mm. handy to connect with them right but obviously a podcast isn't going to work for you if you're not comfortable uh either talking or interviewing or, or whatever it is um but you know so it does need to be a bit of a two-way street but it's no there's no point writing all these blogs for example and then no one ever reads them or you're not sharing them enough mm. <laughs> because then it's just a, a missed opportunity you can't just wait like use the seo you know thing and go oh well i've written an owl let google do its magic you spend the time and energy to create it share it across socials get that email out it can be an email saying hey here's my latest blog insert an extract doesn't have to take too much time and then send out to your current and potential clients or whatever and then it's just that little touch point and then obviously it comes up on your socials as well so yeah you do need to be comfortable with whichever platform whether you're doing yourself or comfortable outsourcing it Hmm. but it you need to think about what how people are consuming it too yeah it was funny because i was talking about it recently that i don't consume video because 
I don't have time <laughs> to look at a screen. I don't have time to look at a screen and, and watch video. Audio, yep, all over it. I can fold the washing. I can go for a walk. I can be in the car. Like, But a video is trickier. And But I do a lot of video. I do it because it's quick and it's easy. So my Saturday mornings are that. I create you know, my, my two-minute tips for, for the week or whatever that period is. And, and I, yeah, and I obviously do the podcast, but then I did a poll this week in my group about what, um, what they, how they best learn. And luckily the top one was video. Oh, good. <laughs> what a waste of time. Woo. Uh, yeah, I'm the same. I don't really watch video. Um, I don't really have the time to watch it because once I finish my work for the day, I'm then preparing for dinner and then cleaning You're up after dinner screen. and yeah. then. I'm in or I chill out on the couch to watch the big screen with my hubby, like watching Friends on Netflix at the moment. So I and I'm not the type to have that on and watch videos, which my husband does. So he he does consume until video. he gets like a slipper to the head or something. Well, he does, and then he'd be like, "Oh, I missed that," and then you know, be like rewinding, like just do one thing at a time. Anyway, um, yeah. So I just don't often have the capacity. It's usually on oh, my lunch break, I'm doing some scrolling and then I might see someone's mm-hmm. video pop up. See, it's two minutes. Usually I consume those little business tips from those I enjoy following, but yeah, I'm more likely like you, the podcast while I'm washing up, listen to the podcast in the car. Do I love podcasts so much. Love them. I love it. Yeah, I love doing them. I love meeting new people. I, I love listening to them. They're just, they're so good. And I think they're really great for, I think they're a really great content tool. I think they're a lot even more powerful than, than blogs and things because you spend that amount of time with someone. You spend half an hour with them. It's not scripted. So you feel like you know them, even if, you know, of course you don't. And so I think that it's a really good investment and I think it's going to have that really long longevity. Like podcasts have been around for a really long time. They're only just, you know, super, super popular in the last couple of years. But I think they're going to be around for a lot longer because of that, that um, the flexibility that you can do it while you're doing something else. <laughs> We're all about multitasking these days, aren't we? Ah, of course. Business. Well, why not? If you're putting the washing, I mean, gee. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah. With, with my podcast too, I love it because I feel like it's a win-win-win. Like I'm learning when I do have guests, I'm learning from them. And so I often get people on who I'm like, oh, I'd love to pick your brain on this topic. You know, I would love to learn more. They obviously win because they get the exposure because I do share it across my socials and tag them and everything. Um, and they can obviously then share it themselves. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the third win is the listeners. They also get to learn and enjoy that interaction. So I agree. Like I, I launched mine yeah, January 2020 and I'm like, this is going to be one of my key marketing channels. And but it's become so much more than that. Like I just, yeah, I just love it. Yeah. Can I just also ask, um, if we, we talked about outsourcing copywriting, what are people likely to pay for a copywriter? I know there's going to be a range and I know that, you know, you, you don't have to speak necessarily about exactly what you charge, but when, because that is going to, for new business owners, it is undoubtedly going to be a big piece of their decision-making process, whether they would love to outsource it or not, finance is a real thing. So what are we kind of looking at here in terms of like, what's it like if I wanted to get someone to write a blog post for me, um, 
obviously I've got an agent, marketing agency and I have a team that do it so I kind of know. But as a normal, you know, health and wellness business owner, what are we looking at here? So, yeah, it, it depends on the skill level of the copywriter. And obviously the more you pay, the more, the higher quality you'll get. Um, so you always need to keep that in mind. And I have people who say, oh, that's too much. And so they go for someone a lot cheaper. But then I've had this happen. Uh, they then come back to me later on going, I didn't like what they wrote. Um, so it is a kind of a bit of that you pay what you get for. So don't go to Fiverr, for example, or go, I wouldn't go offshore for copywriting because the language barriers, the especially, you know, Australians speak very different to Americans and um, all that kind of thing. Too. Speaking from experience. Please don't go offshore. And even so <laughs> when we originally, when we first started, we were getting copywriting. Sorry to interrupt you for, for us, for our agency, SEO copywriting. And I went to the Philippines and it was very obviously not Australian. So then I went to America um, just because, well, I just wanted someone, you know, who had that, who was still native speaking. And this was someone who was happy to, you know, to write. It was just the person I was looking for anyone. But even the even American was was tricky because you know construction terms are different and the slang is different and you could it still didn't quite sit right for the audience and so yes I totally one hundred percent agree whether it's for financial reasons or not get someone who speaks who is from the same places where you would like your clients to be from because that's what they're going like if you're trying to build a relationship that it just works better and I work with the U.S. to this day I mean most probably half of my work is with the U.S. so I have nothing against you know anyone from anywhere but just from experience with writing blogs you're totally right it's just it's just tricky otherwise and yes people can be trained but it's it's harder. It's a lot harder. Oh, yeah. So the mindset, for example, you know, you can be a lot more salesy in the US. For example, they used to it was you can't get away with that with Australian audiences uh, or the UK. Um, so it's just, yeah, but that's where you can read. I would recommend reading samples of their work. And, you know, that obviously gives you an idea as well. But as a ballpark, you know, my, my blog's like 500, 700 words. You're looking at 400 bucks. Um, but when I started out, I probably charged around 200, but I've written now so many more blogs since then. I really know how to, to structure one effectively and include the SEO keywords. Make sure that's also another factor. Um, if you are getting copywriting for online for website and blogs, make sure they understand SEO um, because that's a massive factor. And I like it to its client who did come back to me had someone who'd worked in the same industry as her, but with like magazine writing. And then she wrote her website and one, there wasn't enough copy to be able to rank. Two, didn't put keywords in. So that's also something they look for. If you're happy for them to just write your marketing printed materials, all good, make sure, you know, get someone with that experience. But if you want them to write for the online stuff, the content strategy stuff, they do need to be a little bit more savvy about the online world and how that all works if you do want the ranking to be in your favor and all that stuff mm -hmm. yeah okay thanks for being so transparent there because it is a definite I mean you know you're a small business owner as well it's definitely a big factor in when you're deciding what 
you're going to outsource and if you're going to invest your time or your money. And so knowing that now, then people can decide, is it worth me giving up a day to write this if it's going to take me a day to write this? Or is it kind of, am I an awesome writer like me? Now I can write a blog post in an hour. Like, I mean, if as long as I know the content. Yeah. But that's just you know, come from, from, from the skill. And I, I love to write, but other things are definitely harder. Like if I have to edit a video, oh my goodness, I am going to be there for three days. Like, no, no, that's why I, all my, all my <laughs> editing gets shipped off. I do not do exactly. that. Um, yeah. You, you, you just work out. Yeah. Where you're just think about like the value of your product or service and then calculate. All right. If I was to spend a day working a blog versus a day, providing this service um, or shipping off things or you just kind of weigh it up and that's mm. where you go, all right. And and then that's where, you know, my strategy stuff comes in, explaining why it is a blog is valuable because a lot of people don't get it. They're like, oh, yeah, it's just something nice to have for branding. And, you know, Google helps, you know, helps with Google. But, you know, it is a good piece, a core piece of content then, you know, you can easily create five to 10 social media posts from one blog. You could very easily turn it into a webinar, very easily, uh, you know, turn that into a, a podcast pitch to be on someone else's podcast. There's just a lot, or, or you know, create little videos from it and, and or create a 10 day challenge from it. If you like 10 tips or something, you know, you can do so much with that one piece of, of content. So keep that in mind as well. So when you're thinking of topics and, you know, you're outsourcing going, all right, what could I do once that's written? If I make that that investment, what can I do with that that could then bring in clients that equals X amount of money? Yeah, yeah, great tips. So how can people connect with you, Leanne? How... Um, how can people learn more about what you do, about the training that you're offering and your content strategy services? Where's the best place to hunt you down? Yeah. Uh, so LinkedIn would be key. So just look for Leanne Shelton. Um, you'll see that it's a yeah, content strategy, health and wellness. You'll know it's me. Uh, and also, yeah, my website. So write, as in write with a pen, W-R-I-T-E, timemarketing.com.au. And you can also listen to my podcast so called Marketing and Me. Uh, you can look it up on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or just, yeah, type marketingandme.com.au and you'll get to the landing page with the show notes. Um, but, yeah, that's a great starting point. And then, yeah, if you do want to get into my newsletter distribution list, et cetera, yeah, just ask me on LinkedIn and I'll make it happen. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Is there anything you'd like to leave us with? Anything we didn't talk about that we, you know, <laughs> that I should have? Uh, not really. I think it's just don't let yourself get overwhelmed. Just start with, you know, one or two platforms and focus on that. So say email and LinkedIn and just really do that well rather than, uh, you know, half-assed attempt of doing everything it's better to start somewhere and then build upon it as you get more confident or as you build up the income to outsource it and then and just be playful with it it's fun just it's all about just showing up and just uh, you know thinking about your your audience and offering them tips and value and then yeah the relationships will build but i do i do recommend doing you know like offline market uh, networking as well like go to networking events because that's all helps with building up new connections and then they connect with you on LinkedIn and then they 
you know, keep up that relationship. So I wouldn't just rely on the online world either. I, I recommend getting out and seeing people face to face. Yeah, it it it's interesting how much we can use these online tools, but it all comes back to that human connection. And I don't actually personally do that face-to-face at all. I know that you you really do. My whole is everything is online given where I live and kids and, and all of that. And, and I love it, but it is a different relationship when you do meet people, you know, in the flesh because people connect with people and people buy from people and people that they know and they like and they trust. And so that does need to come through. So um, whether you like to do that you know, face-to-face or or online. I think the most important part is that you are being you and you're not being afraid, you're not filtering it because you think that's what people want to see or hear or whatever it is, that you... In a, in, a, in a world where the, the barrier to entry in business is so low, <laughs> it's like nothing, there are going to be thousands of people doing what you do. Like even if you're niched down, there are going to be thousands of people doing what you do. And so the only way you can differentiate yourself really effectively is by being yourself and by building those relationships. So 100%. And if you can't, yeah. like if look, face-to-face networking isn't for you, then it's even more important for you to do the videos um, or webinars like regularly, just so people can see your face even virtually because or and hear your voice. So if there's a podcast or voice messages on LinkedIn, for example, because that's all building up that human connection if you're just an email and an inbox and just social media posts and I know people that do that um I just even if I've met them before I kind of start to forget who they are and what mm. they're like because I haven't seen them video so, is so powerful isn't it yeah yeah so so powerful yeah thank you for everything Leanne thank you for joining us thank you for sharing your wisdom um thank you for talking to us about the importance of content I love I love talking about content because it is a really inexpensive way to establish your authority and move people down the buyer journey without advertising without having to feel spammy with serving 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 and actually living out your purpose of why you started your business in the first place so totally on board with all of that thank you so much and have a lovely day everyone night morning wherever you are in the world we'll see you on the next episode bye-bye bye Thanks so much for listening to the Mum Style Business Podcast. One more thing before you go. I would love to be able to practically support you with free live marketing coaching every single week. So head on over and join the Social Marketing Method Facebook group. Connect with other successful women in business, combining ambition and motherhood and making a real impact in their families and in the world. To join, go to AnnaliseWarn.com forward slash group or search for The Social Marketing Method on Facebook. Can't wait to see you there.